With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. we hold dear the ones who will tell us what we need to hear the ones who love us right or wrong and to all those good friends who give you this song well hello good friends and welcome back to the last walk remember when with your host ron baumbach and today we're talking about new year's It's New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and we're going back in time in your mind to your New Year's Eves of the past. But before we do, get off that easy chair, walk over to your fridge, take out a cold glass, open up the fridge, the ice box, take out a nice refreshing eggnog, pour it into the glass, add some nutmeg, stir it so it's good and smooth, open up your cupboard, Reach in for that fruitcake that's been going around the family for the last 35 years. Cut a nice slice. Sit back in the easy chair. Turn on your lava lamp. Close your eyes. Get ready. The last walk is back. What are your favorite memories of New Year's Eve? What are your plans for this New Year's? What did you do last year? What was your first memory of New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? Thinking back, they're great memories, and they're yours. They're cherished, and we cherish our memories. New Year's Eve and New Year's Day of the past. Did you ever wonder where New Year's came from? Why we call it New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? Who in the world thought of this thing in the first place? Well, thanks to the fine folks at History.com. They did some research. And I'm borrowing the research to let you know how it all began. The earliest recorded festivities in honor of a New Year's arrival date back over 4,000 years to ancient Babylon. Now, the Babylonians, the first new moon brought the vernal equinox, the day in late March, with an equal amount of sunlight 
and darkness. It heralded the start of a new year. So their new year started in March, not in January. Now, in order to align the Roman calendar with the sun, years later, a guy named Julius Caesar came along in 46 BC, and he added 90 extra days to the year when he introduced the new Julian calendar, which takes after his name. Throughout antiquity, civilizations around the world developed increasingly sophisticated calendars, typically pinning the first day of the year to an agricultural or astronomical event. In Egypt, for instance, the year began with the annual flooding of the Nile, which coincided with the rising of the star Sirius. So we have our boy Julius Caesar coming along. And the early Roman calendar consisted of, guess what? How many months do you think were in the first calendar? It was 10 months and 304 days, with each new year beginning at the vernal equinox, according to tradition. It was created by Romulus, the founder of Rome, in the 8th century B.C. A later king, Numa Pupilus, is credited with adding the months of Januarius and Februarius. Now, over the centuries, the calendar fell out of sync with the sun. It had to align with the sun to be right. And in 46 BC, our friend, the emperor, Julius Caesar, the guy from Etu Brute, decided to solve the problem by consulting with the most prominent astronomers and mathematicians of his time. I wonder if Galileo was around then. He introduced the Julian calendar, which closely resembles the more modern Gregorian calendar that most countries around the world use today. Now, as part of his reform, Caesar instituted January 1st as the first day of the year, partly to honor the month's namesake, Janus, and he called it Janus, J-A-N-U-S, the Roman god of beginnings, whose two faces, this is really cool, the two faces on Janus allowed him to look back into the past and forward into the future. So what better day for Julius Caesar to pick to start the new year than the first day of Janus? Januarius, our January. Romans celebrated by offering sacrifice to Janus. They exchanged gifts with one another. They even decorated their homes with fancy laurel branches and attended raucous parties. Those Romans went ape. Now in medieval Europe, Later on, and a couple of centuries later, the Christian leaders temporarily replaced January 1st as the first day of the year, with days carrying more religious significance, such as December 25th, the anniversary of Jesus' birth. 1582, Pope Gregory XIII reestablished January 1st as New Year's Day. Life is too short, we get only one turn. With luck we find beauty, but we sometimes get burned. But if you've had a true friend, or perhaps in love, you've experienced the peace of heaven above. How do you think countries around the world celebrate New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? Many start 
late in the evening on New Year's Eve, the 31st of December, continue into the early, early hours of January 1st. Now, revelers in Spain and several other Spanish-speaking countries, people bolt down a dozen grapes, symbolizing their hope for the months ahead, right before midnight. In many parts of the world, people consume special dishes, special features they have on their plate. Legumes, which to me is a pea. They're thought to resemble coins, and they herald future financial success. They're going to get a lot of peas in the bank. Examples include lentils in Italy, black-eyed peas in the southern United States. Now, because pigs represent progress and prosperity in some cultures, pork appears on New Year's Eve table in Cuba, Austria, Hungary, Portugal, and some other countries. And ring-shaped cakes and pastries, a sign that the year has come full circle, round out the feast in the Netherlands, Mexico, Greece, and elsewhere. In Sweden and Norway, up north, rice pudding with an almond hidden inside is served on New Year's Eve. It's said whoever finds a nut can expect 12 months of good fortune. Now, in many countries around the world, fireworks, watching fireworks is a big thing, and singing songs to welcome in the new year. Many English-speaking countries sing a song that I think back and reflect on in my mind, Mr. New Year's Guy Lombardo, who always, I think he did in the world of a story every year. He had this famous New Year's Eve dinner dance ball at the Waldorf Astoria Ballroom, and he always had all anxiety around midnight. He was followed by, I guess, Dick Clark with his rockin' New Year's Eve. Now we have Ryan Seacrest, who filled in and has taken over the legacy. And the practice of making resolutions for the new year first caught on among the ancient Babylonians who made promises in order to earn the favor of the gods. I don't mean Babylon, Long Island. I mean Babylon way back when. And they started off the year right on the right foot. Not the left foot, on the right foot. Reportedly, they would vow to pay off debts and return borrowed farm equipment way back when. In the USA, the most iconic New Year's tradition is the dropping of a giant ball where, folks, no other place than the New York City Times Square at the stroke of midnight. Millions of people gather around the world to watch the event, which has taken place every year since. What year do you think it started? I'll tell you, 1907. Now, over time, the ball itself has ballooned from a 700-pound iron and wood orb to a brightly patterned sphere 12 feet in diameter and weighing in at nearly 12,000 pounds. Various towns and cities around the USA have developed their own versions of the Times Square ritual, organizing public drops of items such as pickles in Dillsburg, Pennsylvania, to possums in Tallapoosa, Georgia, at midnight on New Year's Eve. What's your tradition on New Year's Eve? What do you always do on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? Think back. They're great memories. They happen once a year, and it's coming up time for it to make a new memory again. But what's your favorite memory of New Year's Eve in the past? It's obviously quite different this year, 2020-2021, due to the crazy effects of terrible COVID-19 as we stay socially distant. My mom and dad enjoy New Year's as well as our neighbors and friends in our hometown of Wilson Park in Mineola. 
I have videos we've seen of my parents and their friends and neighbors doing their New Year's Eve dances. When it was in our house, the kids were not allowed downstairs. We saw them all getting ready and the festivities getting ready in the basement where they had the bar and all the couches and chairs, etc., all set up and tables and all their food and their alcohol all on the different shelves. And we used to go down and try to sneak down there, but be rushed back up to bed and couldn't see or hear, but we heard the festivities going on in our basement. When my parents would go to different people's homes, and some of the videos show lampshades taking a big part of the celebration. Someone would always be the newborn baby coming in with diapers on, and someone would be the old man for the previous year. I don't know who these people were. It was quick, hard to see in the video, but it looks like my parents and their friends and family had a really good time on New Year's Eve. What's your memory of New Year's Eve? What do you like to do? I remember hosting a party in my basement when I was single before I met my wife, and my friends and I figured we'll have a New Year's Eve party, and I raised my hand, got my parents' permission to have it downstairs where they once had theirs. And a good friend of mine, Ken, had made a vow among ourselves that he would be engaged by New Year's Eve. Well, New Year's Eve came along. We had to get dates. We all managed to get a date for the grand night opening of the uh, new year. I think it was 1972, perhaps. And Ken went out, got a nice diamond ring, had a nice girl as his date, may have been his second or first date. And as a stroke of midnight, Ken went down on one knee, pulled out the ring, and offered it to the girl who didn't think it was too funny. We all thought it was hilarious, but this young lady was not too impressed and not too happy. And the night was a little bit different as we entered into the new year. Ken had the gift of gab, and he got out of the pickle. Things worked out. Things calmed down. We had a nice evening. Everyone was relaxed and had celebrated the new year. And ironically enough, later that year, Ken did indeed meet the love of his life. The girl became his wife, and things have been wonderfully rosy ever since. She got the real ring. One year, I was at my friend Fred's house for a party. And we were bringing our dates back home. It was a terrible snowstorm. Maybe about five, six, seven couples were there. And Fred and I dated two girls who were friends of each other. And we drove them back home to their home back out, somewhere out east in Suffolk County. And it was really a bad snowstorm. On the way back home on Southern State Parkway by Meadowbrook Parkway, where the exit ramp is, we noticed a car that was pulled over into the side ramps that was stuck in snow. The motor was going, and it was just sitting there. Lights were on, and this car was just definitely could not move out of the snow. So the two of us, being young, 20-year-old, strong, erstwhile young men, get out of the car, walked hesitantly over to the car, and saw a middle-aged woman in the car by herself, frantically trying to get her car to move. We tried, could not get it out of the snow. It was stuck. It, no matter what we did, we could not get it out of the snow. We knew we couldn't leave her there. This is way before there were cell phones or iPhones and whatever it might be, beepers, etc. We had nothing to do, so we figured we'd offer to give her a ride back home. So this woman trusted us, two young guys. We were good guys. We nothing crazy. 
So she went in the car. We drove her to her beautiful home in Garden City. And we got her there, dropped her off. She said, thank you. Never asked for a name and address, nothing. And went on her way. She went on her way, and hopefully she thought out. Do you have any odd traditions for New Year's, New Year's Eve, or New Year's Day? My dear Aunt Estelle, years ago, always wanted someone to come visit her on New Year's Day. She felt it was good luck if a man entered her apartment on New Year's Day. So one of our many nephews would always venture in and say hello to our dear Aunt Estelle on New Year's Day. My mom always wanted something called a herring. For some reason, herring was a big deal and meant good luck. So she would open up a jar of herring, and we'd all have to sit there and have a little piece of herring on New Year's Day. What was your odd traditions you had growing up? Anything kind of silly? Anything different you had? What do you still do that you did way back in the day? Oh, I've been so lucky, and I've been so blessed. In spite of my failings, I've found success. For I've known love, and I've known good times. And I have known friendship, and written some rhymes. One of my friends goes every year on New Year's Day to a cousin's house. I think it's like 50, 60 years they've done this. My mom used to have what she called an open house on New Year's Day. It wasn't on New Year's Eve, it was on New Year's Day. And basically, she from like noon to 10, the house would be open, and guests would come and go, and she felt it was a day to come in and just sit down and have a drink and get to know your neighbors and get to know who you didn't see last year, maybe rekindle friendships for the new year. What did you do on New Year's Day? What do you sit and watch football? I remember watching Lindsay Nelson in those multicolored jackets. Lindsay was a Mets announcer for many years, but he also was a very, very famous football announcer. And on New Year's Day, you would bet the benefit of seeing Lindsay wearing those really bizarre colored jackets. We would go to different friends' homes on the New Year's Day and just back and just relax and watch football. For some reason, once we got married and we stopped going out on New Year's Eve, we would get Chinese food for New Year's Eve. Many years it was Chinese food, and we would do movies with the kids. One movie in particular I recall going to see with the kids was Batteries Not Included. We go to the theater early, watch a movie, come on back, and get our noisemakers, have the kids run around, go crazy, yelling and screaming, do blowing those horns and ringing those cans, etc. At the strike of midnight. And that was their fun, that was our fun as the kids grew up. What did you do as a child? What did you do as a new parent? What memories did you bring forth for your family? But perhaps my favorite memory of New Year's is one that I cherish every year. In December of 1973, I was going to a party, a New Year's Eve party. My friend Ken hosted it at his home, his parents' home. And I was in search of a date. So I went with my friend Fred and I went to a local pub looking for, hopefully meet someone. It was December 28th, hoping to meet some fair maiden who I may, both of us, pick up some different girls and hopefully go on three days later to a New Year's Eve party. Well, I did meet a lovely young woman, a beautiful, tall, blonde, hazel eyes and blonde hair. And we danced, we spoke, and I asked her out for three days later to go to, with me to New Year's Eve. She hesitated. 
then agreed. When I gave her a call on the phone to ask her to pick her up, she kind of hesitated and said she had a cold. Very luckily for me, there was no COVID back then. So I did my best sales call ever, talked her into going with me on that New Year's Eve, and we've been celebrating New Year's now for the last 48 years. It's the best thing I ever did in my life, going to that place, meeting the girl of my dreams, and taking her to the New Year's Eve party, which we celebrate every year, the meaning of our very first date. So what means the most to you about New Year's? I shared mine. What's yours? You've been listening to The Last Walk, Remember When, with your host, Ron Baumbach. And the song you've been hearing has been Here's to Good Friends, written, sung, and composed by Paul Cassone. A special thanks to History.com for the great review of New Year's, the history of New Year's, and their ability to bring it, make it all come back to life on the Internet. Great job, History.com. We appreciate everything you do. And a special thanks to my good friend, Mike in the state of Tennessee in his wonderful studios for making our voice sound so much better. The Last Walk on Our Block is available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. It's in Nook, print and Kindle version. Have a great year. Enjoy yourselves. Gather your memories. Please socially distance yourself as you sit down with the people who mean the most to you. Reflect back on last year and make some resolutions to make great memories in the year we're entering now. Have a very happy new year. Enjoy yourselves and we'll see you next time on The Last Walk. Remember when. Here's to good friends, the ones we hold dear. The ones who will tell us what we need to hear. The ones who love us right or wrong. To all those good friends who give you this song And to all those good friends who give you this song